We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, welcome in to another Buzz Beat, favorite Charlotte Hornets podcast. This episode is brought to you by our partners, betonline.ag. On today's episode, we had the chance to speak to Grant Riller as he's preparing for the NBA draft and had a chance to ask him a lot of questions about what he's doing uh, in isolation mode at home, to his game as a prospect, uh, and to actually if he still speaks with Joe Cheely, who also uh, went to College of Charleston. So let's go ahead and bring him on. All right, guys, as promised, we are bringing on NBA prospect Grant Riller, senior guard out of College of Charleston. Grant, we really do appreciate you joining us today. How's everything going? Uh, well, first, thanks for having me. It's an honor, but uh, everything's going good. Just trying to work with what I got. So <laughs> every day is good. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, you know, all of our lives are in isolation mode right now, and we're having less contact with our family and friends. How have you been occupying, you know, your days, you know, during this time? Any TV shows you've been watching? Any new hobbies you've been picking up? I w- will say that I've been repping Outer Banks on Netflix pretty hard for the past couple of episodes, kind of <laughs> making sure people watch that show. But any, what about you? Yeah, I've been knocking out a couple of shows. I, I started off with The 100. So I, I knocked that out on Netflix. So now I'm on Game of Thrones trying to okay. finish that up. So I've been doing a lot of that um, as, as well as picking up some new hobbies. Um, I just started editing videos. Huh. So I'm kind of new to that, but I'm trying to get in that game a little bit. Um, and then obviously just spending time with the fam. I think that's been the best part, just catching up with all my siblings and all my best friends. So that's been cool. Yeah, I think that's been – I heard it described like at the start of all of this that – like as opposed to social distancing, you should think of it as like physical. It's just it's physical distancing. It's yeah. good to still stay in touch with with friends and family. And I've tried to add a couple skills here and there. Video editing. That's a that's yeah, a really. Good I'm so new to it. I'm still kind of 
a beginner, but I'm trying to get there. It's trial by error. I feel like that's that's me and cooking right now. That's 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 how I feel yeah, like. I, I can't push the cooking. I gotta leave that to my parents. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm so a, you've it's been in progress here. So you've been cutting up all of your own uh, film here, Grant, for for all these all the scouts out there, I guess, huh? Nah, not so much my film. <laughs> nah, but I, I do stuff like my my sister and siblings. They into the YouTube stuff, so practice on that. Um, I'm into the video game a little bit. Uh, so is my my uh, my other sibling. So uh, edit some of the video games, and then as well as basketball, of course, that's my main thing. So yeah, that's that, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you've had to. Speaking of hoops, I'm sure you've had to change things up with you know maybe less access to courts and gyms. What have you been doing to prepare as you're heading into the draft? Like this is a, a crazy you know big event. Um, however, you compartmentalize it. So what have you been doing to the last two months now to stay in shape and, and be ready for the draft? Yeah, well, well, obviously, like you said, with, with basketball, it's kind of tough with, with limited gym access and stuff like that. But I think the main thing right now is just making sure you're in shape. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the number one priority. Um, I'm working with a strength coach throughout the week. Um, so that helps me a ton um, as far as getting some conditioning on on my own. Uh, just kind of running through the neighborhood, running through the <laughs> Um, just doing stuff like that. But as far as basketball goes, um, I haven't had too much gym access, but I'm hitting the blacktop a little bit, just kind of making sure that all my mechanics are right and, and kind of working on all my touch shots as well. So, Do you feel like you have any, I don't know, it's like a, you know, not coming from an ACC or Big Ten school. Do you feel like there are almost, this is maybe a weird way to phrase it, but like any advantages you have, like you have a lot of data from your college career. It's all, the, the film is great. The numbers are great. Do you think, you know, teams having a, a lot of time to prepare for the draft, go through data, pour over the tape, that is, uh, that, that, that's to your benefit, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think first off, I would have loved to get into the gym. Um, kind of showcase my talents that way like like it has been in the past but um, I feel like it, it does give me advantage doing it like this like you said I, I got a pretty big sample size for for them to look at so um, I think it helps somebody especially somebody in my situation where I'm an older guy um, I played at a mid-major school so um, it definitely gives them a lot of time to kind of go over my body and work and, and see what I've done so so Grant I'm I'm curious um, you grew up in Florida went to Ocoee High School, and you ended up at Charleston. You know, certainly a, a respected uh, basketball culture for a long time, but talk a little bit about some of the offers you got and, and why you turned down those others and maybe some closer to home to go to Charleston. Mm -hmm. Well, coming out of high school, uh, selfishly, I would say I was under-recruited a little bit, um, but I kind of see why that was. Um, coming out of high school, I was probably a buck 60, so uh, my frame was a lot smaller than, than what it is now, and uh, compared to a lot of the people that I uh, competed against. So um, I think that's what kind of shied away some of the bigger schools, but um, still got recruited by a lot of schools, a lot of talented schools. Um, but I ended up with my top three being Cleveland State University, um, Florida International University, and then CFC. But um, ultimately, I just kind of wanted to go somewhere where first and foremost was going to be a good spot to live for the next four years. So <clears throat> I think Charleston is a perfect place for that. Um, the city's great. Um, and then as far as a basketball standpoint, just wanted to go to somewhere where it was a winning program, uh, somewhere where it was a hardworking culture, um, and more importantly, play for a coach that um, put a lot of trust in his guards, but at the same time, demand a lot out of them, and it'll be tough on them. So 
um, ultimately, I picked CFC and think that was the best spot for me. All right, let's take a break. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling, quote, after the dance, end quote. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free. When you use promo code BLUEWIRE, just pay $5 shipping again. That's BlueChew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Yeah, so, so transitioning to Charleston, you know, you missed your freshman season because of a knee injury, having to redshirt there, and you spent the following four seasons becoming a very productive player at Charleston. You know, what's the biggest thing? You, you mentioned the coaching staff with Earl Grant. What's the biggest thing that you'll take away from him, the coaching staff, or just the college altogether as, as you move on to the NBA? Um, Just, just hard work, uh, really. Um, I play for a coach where um, that's kind of his philosophy is, is hard work, and, and that's where it starts, so. Um, kind of playing for that for four years, um, being around it for five. Um, it's kind of gave me a different look on, on hard work and, and my work ethic. Um, I think it's improved since I've been at that school. Um, and that's definitely something that um, I think molded me into the player I am now. So uh, I definitely thank him and his staff for that. And I'm definitely going to take that around with it. Yeah, I think uh, Coach Grant used to be an assistant for Brad Burnell at Clemson. And uh, if you know a thing, if you know anything about Coach Burnell uh, and, and where he's, I mean, he's a guy that's coached at a lot of different schools. But that's like a bring your hard hat uh, to play kind of kind of atmosphere. So I'm not no surprise to hear that Coach Grant brought that same approach to Charleston. You guys also had even for for a mid major school. I mean, it's nuts to think about two seasons ago some of the NBA talent that you guys had in the, in the program, uh, including soon to be yourself too. But, uh, you know, let's talk about yourself as a player. You know, we've watched a lot of your games. Uh, we obviously your ability to score off the bounce, you're the first step, the step back jumper, your ability to score out of isolation. You know, what do you think is the skill that is most valuable that you offer to an NBA roster to a, to a team on the next level? Um, I think my feel for the game. Um, I'm, I, I was a scorer in college, but at the same time, I wasn't really a, a volume scorer. Um, so I know at the next level, um, I won't get as many attempts uh, as I did in college, which um, I've showed I'm comfortable in that. Um, uh, I think my feel in the pick and roll, whether that's for myself uh, to, or to create for others, I think as well, um, is something that can translate to the next level. 
Um, and then as far as defensively, um, I feel like I got a feel uh, for defense as far as uh, understanding angles, um, taking charges, uh, being in the passing lane. So I think my feel for the game is what will help me tra- make the transition easier. Um, I know it won't be easy, but um, I know I can kind of rely on that uh, for a little bit. So, Grant, I definitely agree with that. When you watch you play, it is very obvious you have a great feel for the game. Um, I think most probably if they just YouTube and Grant Riller, they're going to pull up and see a bunch of highlights of you scoring the ball. But but you're more than that, which I think you were getting to. Um, actually, I want to. I did this on Saturday, Grant. I did a little deep dive into basketball reference, and Brian is our is our stats expert, so he might have to correct me if I'm wrong. But you're the only player in that database I could find that in a season, all right. Follow with me here. Greater than 33.5 usage percentage more than 30% assist percentage, more than 55 effective field goal percentage, and more and higher than a 31.0 player efficiency rating. Uh, Brian will double-check that for me because, like I said, I could be wrong. But that those are great. Those are huge numbers. I mean, the thing that sticks out first is the usage percentage. Mm-hmm. Charleston asked you to do a lot. But then the 30% assist percentage, can you play some point guard in the NBA, do you think? Uh, definitely, for sure. I think I kind of showed that not only this past year, but uh, I think my junior year as well. Um, Early on, I played mostly off guard uh, position. So I got tons of of reps there, but I'm at the back end of my career. And and definitely uh, this past year, I think I showed a lot of uh, being able to to run a team um, and lead a ball club. So um, I definitely feel like I can do that. Um, And then as well as making all the right plays out of the pick and roll, um, I think that kind of makes it easier as well to, to play the point guard position. So, um, I know I got a lot to learn still, but um, at the same time, I, f- I feel like I can I can attack that. Well, that's good. You kind of answered my the next part of my question, which was going to be about pick and roll. Uh, it's obviously a very very heavy pick and roll league. Um, so you feel good about your ability to not only make that first read and, and read the the big man's defender, the screener's defender, but maybe make that second layer of read hit the opposite corner. I mean, it's something you've done at Charleston. So you're, are you pretty confident in being able to do that in the league too? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think in college, um, I, I went I went against pretty much every ball screen coverage. Uh, so I got a tons of reps against different coverages. Um, I know in the NBA, they kind of just let the big man stay back and try to make you make a one-on-one play with the big. Um, but I'm comfortable in that coverage. Uh, I know the athleticism in the uh, personnel is a little bit different than what I played in college. So um, I know I need to add some more change of direction, uh, change of pace to my game. But um, I think it all comes with experience, but from day one, I definitely feel like um, my pick and roll knowledge and game will translate. And I do think if the bigs in the NBA drop, as you were kind of noting, uh, you do have that ability to pull up from the mid range. But one aspect of your game that really can't get overlooked, and I, I just like had to do a double check when I, when I saw this stat, is your ability to convert at the rim. I mean, you wouldn't think that a six three guard could score with such efficiency at the rim. You shot seventy percent from that spot on the floor. Is there some kind of secret to your success there? I mean, it can't just be the mic and drill all day. I mean, what, what what's the success to being so soft around the rim as you were scoring as a 6'3 guard? Um, I think body control um, is definitely one. Um, and then another is just having different kind of finishes. I'm a fan of the, the unorthodox style finishes. Um, that kind of gives you advantages. Um, jumping off the wrong leg, um, finishing with the same hand. So um, I think just having little pieces of your game that – uh, you kind of take from from different players that have come before you. Um, it's something I've done and, and something that has helped me. So uh, I definitely give credit to that. 
Yeah, for just for a little bit of context for the people uh, listening, during Grant's career at, at College of Charleston, uh, 650 attempts at the rim. He shot 70% at the rim for his career, uh, and over 80% of those attempts were unassisted. So, yeah, Grant's got pretty ridiculous uh, shot creation and the ability to finish at the rim. As he said, he has phenomenal body control and the ability to finish with either hand jump off either foot like you have to clearly you have to have a, a lot of different uh you know tools in the tool chest to actually to to actually be able to go down amongst the trees and be just comically efficient from that close but yeah we were just discussing your rim finishing here i think one of the first things that if people were to again sort of pull up your game tape or even just find highlights on youtube or whatever i think the first thing that jumps off is your first step it's crazy. Uh, it's it's arguably, I think it's one of the best, if not arguably the best amongst, you know, perimeter players heading into the draft in 2020. You know, is this something that just you've always naturally just had that, that rip through and go move? Or is that something that, you know, is something you had to over the last, I don't know, five, four, six years of your life, however many, had to just constantly work on? And if that is something that you, you know, was part of your craft that you did have to own, what was the workout process for that even like? I, I, I'm not even, that seems beyond me. Yeah. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. First, I think it's just, uh, I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to uh, kind of being given that talent. Um, so that's one part of it. Um, the second part of it, um, I got to give credit to our strength coach. Um, he does a li- he does a lot with us um, as far as explosiveness and stuff like that. So I give credit to him as well. Um, and then I got to give credit to, to my old teammate, Joe Chili. Um, he kind of, I had the first step already, but he kind of taught me how to uh, kind of change my pace and, and try to throw the defense off a little bit. So I definitely learned a lot from him as well and just kind of tried to add my own touch to it. So you, you talk about learning, picking up stuff from, from Joe, when, when you guys were teammates together at Charleston, you know, I've been changes and gets, you know, more spread and, uh, there are, there's more emphasis on shooting and guys are allowed to shoot off the dribble way more now. Uh, than they were even five years ago. I feel like Steph, he sort of came along and changed that. And obviously Dame is sort of advancing that that notion. Same with Kemba. For you as a young guard, are you paying attention to that? You know, when you're a, a freshman at, at Charleston, are you noticing like, hey, they're giving guards even more freedom to shoot off the dribble and create. And and that's something that I, I, mean, I need to work on, specifically the off-dribble pull-up shooting. Definitely. Um, I feel like as a guard, that's something you have to have. Um, but at, at the same time, those are some of the best guards that, that the game has ever seen. So uh, right, right. <laughs> I probably won't get to take too many of those, uh, especially early on. But um, it's good to have that it, uh, as a guard for sure, because you'll never know when it's the end of a shot clock um, or just a situation where you kind of got to create for yourself. So um, those are definitely pioneers of the game um, and some people that I've been watching for a while now. So uh, Definitely, they they moved it forward, and I'm just trying to keep it going. So your age, you're you're familiar with this process by now, and how the draft works. And regardless of how skilled you are, uh, and how much of an impact mm-hmm. you made on the college level or whatever it was before that, um, your age comes into play. And so obviously, that's that's going to play a little bit against you. But but you can't change that. I have, I have two questions here. Number one, what is something that maybe the masses don't realize about your game? that's 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 really good you believe and then the other part is what's a part of your game that you feel like you have to improve the most to get the most out of yourself in the nba 
to answer the first part, uh, it kind of goes back to, to what I was saying about the field. Um, I kind of got labeled as a score um, throughout college and kind of now. So um, that's kind of overshadowed me a little bit um, as far as being an overall complete basketball player. But um, I think just, yeah, just being a, a, a complete player is something that I feel is kind of slept on in my game. Um, I played with tons of great players, so I know how to play good basketball and, and play with great players. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I'm a selfless guy that that's not always trying to worry about scoring, but kind of just looking to make the right basketball play. So um, I think that's something in the future that uh, they'll see and, and it'll kind of be something new, but it's always been there. Um, and then as far as getting something else in my game, um, <clears throat> definitely want to improve my shooting. Um, I think I shot it pretty well in college, um, a little inconsistent this past year, but um, I, I feel pretty confident in my shot. Um, but at the same time, I know the line's moving back. Um, and it's just an area where you can always improve. So I'm trying to do that first. Um, and then one more thing is probably um, my floater. Um, in college a lot, I was, like y'all said, I was getting to the rim a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of easier there. Um, but I know at the next level, the athleticism, athleticism is different um, and, and the personnel is different. So I'm definitely going to need an in-between game to kind of throw the defense off and, and keep them on it. So uh, flo a floater is definitely something that I've been working on. Did you did you feel like uh, you noticed teams guarding you differently without uh, Jarrell Brantley there this season? Did you feel like there was more attention and more coverages being rolled in your direction? And and like you know what, what kind of challenge was that for you to on a you know twice a week be at, at the top of every team's scouting report? Yeah, it was definitely harder just because you know the the focus uh, having so much more attention on me now uh, that, that Jarrell wasn't there. Um, when, when I played with Jarrell, he he commanded so much of, of the defense respect. So um, a lot of times I found myself just getting easy baskets. So early on this year, um, I faced a lot of funky coverages, um, a lot of traps off ball screens, a lot mm -hmm. of doubles teams and stuff like that. So um, it was something I had to get adjusted to. But at the same time, just working with my coaches, uh, it was kind of easy to, to find a balance of when to take my shot and, and when to make the right play. So. Yeah, and Brian mentions Durrell, and, and we're a Hornets podcast, so when you mention Joe Cheely, we know who exactly you're talking about. He's been with the Hornets organization since 2018. Um, he's mostly been uh, in the G League affiliate in Greensboro, but he has had a couple of 10-day contracts uh, with the Hornets. Uh, we didn't know if you kept in contact with either of those guys, but maybe specifically Cheely, about any kind of advice that they've been giving you uh, throughout this draft process. Yeah, well, those are definitely two people I, I'm considering a brother of mine. Um, I knew Joe before college. Uh, that was part of the reason why it was kind of easier to make that transition to CFC. Um, so I already knew Joe. Um, and Jarrell is somebody I came in with. We were roommates for a couple of years, so we definitely got great relationships. Um, and they definitely talked talk to me about the process a little bit. I got to see them go through theirs up close and personal. So mm -hmm. uh, while they was going through it, it was easy to just observe and kind of ask little questions here and there. But um, my process is just so different now. Uh, than theirs is kind of tough but the main thing is is just only the thing that they've taught me the most probably since i know them is just hard working controlling what you control uh, those are definitely two of the hardest workers that i've been around um and seen so uh they, they led by example uh whether they knew it or not but um i learned a lot from them and uh, we definitely stay in contact uh, just just curious like in the you know january february of 2018 are you guys sitting around like aware that all three of you guys could be playing in the NBA in a couple of years. Like I, 
I, you know, I know Charleston, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like some, you know, remote outpost, but it's different than being in a, a tobacco road laboratory or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, was it where you guys sort of look around thinking like, wow, this talent is really, really good here. You know, obviously in some way, shape or form, we're going to be playing professionally in a couple of years, but you know, hell, why not the NBA? Yeah, it's, it's crazy because we knew it kind of in the back of our head, but it's not really something we always talked about. Um, at the time, like you said, in January of 2018, uh, we still haven't won a, a championship up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of expectations on us to, to do that. We had just lost in the championship the, the previous year before. So um, that whole season, that's all our, our mindset was on. We didn't really have too much time to kind of think about our future as far as professional and individual goals. But um, during that time, our focus was one thing, and it was the championship, and, and we accomplished that. So uh, yeah. that's definitely something I'll take from it. Would, how much of the the game against Auburn in the NCAA tournament do you uh, do you remember that year? Is that something that sticks with you to this day? You know, it was a pretty close game between y'all. Uh, is that do, is that like you, know, you wake up in the middle of the night having sweats or whatever because you you know you almost got to the the next round of the tournament or or is that something that you just grateful for the experience and and you know it's on to the next one here? I'm a little bit of both. Um, especially early on, it, it was on my mind a lot mm-hmm. um, just because you get all the what-if questions uh, and stuff like that. But um, at the end of the day, we, we got to deal with reality. So um, after that, uh, for me personally, I had two years left to, to try to get another one. So um, a lot of my focus was, was on that, and uh, it was kind of easy to forget about it. But um, yeah. I definitely remember that feeling and definitely remember that game. So. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that night, Grant. I, I grew up a Virginia basketball fan, and I picked Charleston to beat Auburn in that game. That was my upset in the tournament that day, but instead I watched Virginia lose to UMBC. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll night. never forget that night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious, though. Last question, I, yeah. I think, and we'll, we'll let you go here soon. Is there a few guys or one guy in the NBA that you, you try to model your game after or study real closely that you would compare yourself to? Uh, yeah, well, growing up, um, I've watched all the superstars, of course. Um, they're just so hard to miss. So I've definitely taken stuff out of people like James Harden, uh, Damian Lillard, and, and guys like that. Um, so, yeah, to answer that. But at the same time, lately I've been kind of switching it up, um, watching different kind of guys. So lately I've been watching a lot of Dennis Schroeder. Um, I see a lot mm-hmm. of similarities with him just as far as kind of being an undersized two-guard, um, but at the same time still being a combo. Um, somebody that's putting tons of pressure on the defense, whether that's in transition or the pick and roll. Uh, somebody that's crafty around the basket and in the paint. Um, and it's somebody that's quick defensively. So um, I just look at a guy like that in a role like that, um, and I kind of see myself uh, in a role like that. He's had a he's, he's had a great season too, playing next to Chris. You went to the the Chris Paul uh, Skills Academy last summer, right? Too. Yeah, sir. That's cool. That's, that's a, that is a, a, a lot of guys go through that. That's a, a, a phenomenal uh, experience. It's, yeah. it's really just cool to see that the blend of the different ages of talent uh, that could yeah, uh, sure. meet up and, and work out together and, and learn from certainly one of the best of all time. And in, in, uh, in Chris Paul, if you're looking to improve that floater, Schroeder is definitely a good one to watch. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. You said, I want to improve my floater. And then you've been watching Dennis Schroeder. You're looking in the right area. Yep. I know. I'm trying to learn still. <laughs> well, Grant, we really do appreciate your time. Uh, we wanted to thank you again for coming on. And, uh, you know, good luck in the future in the NBA process. We hope everything works out for you uh, the way you want it. Yes, sir. Thank you guys again for, 
reading all, off all those cool stats <laughs> <laughs> for the first time. But yeah, thank you guys for the opportunity and, and it's been an honor. So thank you. All right. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.